Hey Upper Feasters, hope you're having a great day so far. This week I talk with Samantha Strange, the cheesecake girl. She gives me her origin story, tells me about Cameron Mitchell reaching out to her and giving her a three-month trial at Bud Dairy Food Hall, listening to see how that went. She tells me about overcoming adversity and, and growing a successful business in Columbus, Ohio. We talk about a potential Jenny's ice cream collab. I asked her what makes her cheesecake so special. She told me her unpopular food opinion is she does not eat vegetables and popcorn is her go-to snack. When is the Lion's Cub cookie collab coming back? All that and more. My unpopular food opinion is I actually don't like cheesecake and I've never had yours so it's nothing against oh you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, okay, what is it? it? Most people say it's the texture. Is that it? That's the problem for me is the texture. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I have an idea for you then. You need to come and try something with our no-bake cheesecake which is like a cheesecake cream. Not like I said it's no bake, not baked so it doesn't have the same texture as a regular cheesecake would. We have it in our um, red velvet Oreo cheesecake jars. We have it in our cookie sandwiches. So you kind of get the taste of cheesecake without the texture. So that's my advice nice. there. I think we'll change your mind. Thank oh. you so much. I was so nervous to bring that up to you because I, <laughs> I didn't know if like, what if you're sensitive or maybe like, no. how dare you, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not sensitive about it at all. I just, people should give different kinds a try because I definitely have tried cheesecake before that I'm like, this is not it. Yeah. So maybe you've just had a bad experience, but we're here to make it better. Awesome. I'm sold. I will definitely come in and try that 100%. I figured we could just dive right in here and give my listeners your, your business origin story. We'd greatly appreciate it. So I started about six years ago. I just really liked cheesecake and I had taken culinary classes in college. I just started baking for fun, just for friends and family. They started calling me the cheesecake girl. I just went with it. Then like Within a year, I was getting orders pretty regularly, like literally one a week, and I would go nuts. I'd be so happy. <laughs> and um, so I was thinking about like trying to put more effort into it as a business rather than just like for fun. And I just decided to go for it. I started doing markets and stuff, and I started getting more and more busy. So I quit my um, job and decided to just like full send it. I lived with my parents at the time, so it was kind of easy for me to take that risk, like monetary wise. But I just tried to like, just tried to go for it. Nice. It worked. <laughs> um, I started baking out of Sunny Street Cafe in Upper Arlington using their commercial kitchen. And it worked out really well to use their kitchen. I know I was constantly in their way, so I'm very thankful for them. <laughs> I was there for a couple years uh, working. My goal was to be able to be like fully, like I was really focused on trying to make it like as a catering business before opening a storefront I wanted to make it as a catering business and be like fully supported by that business before trying to take it retail so we did catering we did farmers markets we did weddings I did literally everything I had a year I think in like 2017 and I said yes to everything every charity every event every pop-up everything just to like quickly learn and like take notes on what was working and what wasn't working and to figure out I said like if I'm not burnt out by the end of this year of the year of yes then then I can do this forever <laughs> um, so we did I did the year of yes and then started looking for storefronts we I had hired a couple people and I was fully supported by it. And I said, well, now I think I can handle a retail storefront. So we, we pitched to a ton of places. No one really thought it was a great idea. They didn't, what I constantly heard was um, you're really young or I heard 
we don't think dessert can stand on its own. Like this much of a niche company can stand on its own. That's so frustrating. How did you, how did you deal with that? Cause like to say you're too young, that's not even like a valid reason for business. Like maybe a dessert thing or something, but the age just seems ridiculous to me. I totally agree. I didn't love hearing that. Cause what I was trying to take away from like all of these pitch meetings is I would say like at the end, like if it's a no, please tell me why so I can go work on it. Like give me some constructive criticism to work on and grow with. And to be told I'm too young, I was like, so I just wait. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that doesn't seem efficient. We finally found our like first home at Center Street Market in Hilliard. Um, I remember they reached out to me and they just wanted me to be a pop-up vendor at a farmer's market. And I was like, no way full send it. Give me a stall. Like I need I need more space. I signed on with them. Obviously things were a little pushed back just because of construction actually. And we ended up opening in April of last year, right after the stay at home order was put in place because of COVID. Gosh. So like stomach drop situation, but I had a couple people on staff and I was like, we'll figure it out. Like COVID had already hit, they didn't have a stay at home order, but they had already closed like indoor seating and like all of that. So I was already operating as like a carryout catering business. So I was like, we'll just adapt to it and adjust and we'll just open and we'll figure it out. And we were selling out every day, like lines out the door and try to keep people employed. Worked great. Ended up hiring like a ton more people, which it was a terrible time. And it was really nice to be able to offer jobs during that time. In March this year, we got a call from... Cameron Mitchell restaurants and they were like hey we're about to open Bud Dairy and we see we know you had previously applied and they had said no because we were a dessert company fully dessert but they said they wanted somebody to come in and kind of be like an anchor vendor for at their rotation stall for the first three months just so they didn't have to worry about finding a rotation vendor during COVID and while they're trying to get everything open and running so we had about three weeks we said yeah I screamed yes in the phone of course and we had about three weeks to figure everything out and get open at Bud Dairy. Open there. Our lease was supposed to be through July 4th weekend, but they extended us through Labor Day weekend. So we're really excited about that. Nice. Um, we hope to keep us forever. Of course. Yeah, we are signed through Labor Day weekend now and uh, we love it there. So we're looking at having three locations come August. So in a little over 14, 15 months, yeah. from nothing to three. That's incredible. So I have a bunch of questions for you. Number one, you seem like you're very resilient and rejection hurts and being told no is really hard. How did you overcome your initial rejections? I was taught at a very young age to not fall victim to life, not let that stuff like not use it as an excuse for anything like oh like this happened to you like it sucks but like don't let it affect the rest of your life kind of every time I was told no I also know I don't know I didn't know much about this industry coming in a quote that I try to go by is like the leader should always be the learner leader should always be the student mm -hmm. so I kind of also every time I took rejection I was like oh what did I do wrong rather than like that's on me it was more like, I still need to learn this business and I still need to grow in this industry in order to fully understand it. That's really cool. And you you remind me a lot of another Columbus business mogul, Jenny Brittenbauer. She was my first guest on my podcast. Well, actually second guest, but her story was very similar to yours where she pitched yeah. herself to markets and they were like, dessert only, get out of here, you maniac. Right. And like, she just persevered and stuff. And I feel like you had a similar origin story and that's really cool. Yeah, she's definitely one of my role models. <laughs> she's the best. I would love if you guys did a collab, a, a Jenny's Ice Cream and Cheesecake Girl collab. I don't know how I that could fit together, it. but... <laughs> oh, we could make it work. Right, of course. So, and then the next thing I was going to ask you is, 
as far as the bud dairy the the um the short little tryout months whatever how how did you deal with that pressure because i imagine that's a lot of pressure like cameron mitchell comes to you and they're like hey you have a three-month window like how did you deal with that i immediately jumped just because obviously it's cameron mitchell he's like the king of culinary in columbus my impression of it was just like you've got three months to prove to them that they should have said yes the first time you know like the first time you pitched to all these people, like they said, no, they didn't think it would work maybe, or they had, they probably had other reasons too, but this is kind of like your three month trial to show them like what you can bring to the table. I have like a right-hand man here. Her name is Brittany. She's like everything I lack in, she makes up for. That's beautiful. Took her, we went for the first week to bud and we worked open to close that entire first week just to like find the holes, find the, find the problems and fix them very quickly and address everything very quickly. And so I think that helped us. We've done great over there. I know they're happy with us over there. So I think We've done a good job proving that to them and I'm very happy with it, yeah. Hey, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening so far. If you're liking it, please subscribe, tell a friend. If you're loving it, please give us a five-star review. What do you think makes you special? Because like you said, it was like a 15-month thing and you basically blew up and you're beloved and like, you know, people really respect you a lot here in Columbus. What makes your cheesecake so special in your opinion? I just think it's the care that goes into it, honestly, and like the creativity that goes into it. I know you can go anywhere. We... We've had multiple customers come up and say they could buy a cheaper cheesecake at Kroger or Costco. And that's Donuts then. <laughs> very nice. Very true though. Uh, and that's how I used to eat my cheesecake. And I think it's something I saw lacking is I wanted this creative outlet of dessert, of nostalgia and homemade. My family's from the South. I wanted that like Southern comfort and nostalgia to like excite people. I look up to Christina Tosi of uh, Milk Barla. Also her business model is something I definitely used to inspire this company. Um, but I think it's just like the different flavors, keeping things exciting, keeping my staff happy and like continuing to try to adapt and grow with whatever's going on in the world right now. I think the fact that we were offering different things when the pandemic hit also was just kind of like, I remember we had customers come in and they're like, this is the only thing I have to look forward to all week was the fact that I could come do curbside pickup from the cheesecake girl. Wow. So, just trying to keep people like engaged and excited. That's cool. And, and dessert is definitely happiness in a bite for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, I don't know this, but do you make New York style and like other styles, like maybe like an Italian style or something or? Yeah. So we have just like one classic style that we use. It's mostly New York style. And then we just incorporate different flavors in it. So like our core flavors are like our original topped with buttercream our cinnamon roll, our blueberry cobbler, golden Oreo funfetti. We use the same base recipe and then use like different crusts, different fillings, different toppings to kind of create the new flavors. That's awesome. Have you ever made like, I don't know if it's just called Japanese style, but like jiggly Japanese cheesecake. Yeah. I made it once like a couple years ago and it came out perfectly. And I like scarfed it down in the back of the kitchen. (laughs) Nice. Topped with powdered sugar, it was delicious. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to plan to put it on like our catering menu. And I tried to make it in bulk and it did not work well. And I immediately was like, I have to like rewrite this recipe or figure it out again. But that cheesecake is actually meant, the jiggly cheesecake is meant to be served hot and fresh, which is something we currently don't offer for anything. Everything we have, it takes days to prep and to produce. So all of it is served like chilled and like as cheesecake should be. So I'm not sure how that would work, but it's definitely like on our radar, something we want to make work. It's so cool and very Instagrammable and it's just like a really fun thing. (laughs) I know, I think it's so interesting. And when I made it, granted it was years ago, but it was so delicious. (laughs) 
with your recipes, when you, when you very first started out, did you literally just like Google cheesecake recipes and then tweak it and then practice, 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 or how did that kind of work? Kind of along those lines. So I went to um, like Barnes and Noble and I bought every like bakery cookbook or cheesecake cookbook I could find, ordered them online. And then I kind of like rifled through and found what was familiar with all of them. Like the fact that all of them had like these two components or all of them had this kind of crust. And I kind of started experimenting with it. I definitely made some disgusting cheesecakes. I'm not going <laughs> to lie when I first started. Hey, it happens. They were, they were pretty gross. <laughs> but um, I finally found like a core recipe that I really liked and that I could kind of interchange. Like, so like if this is the core cheesecake, then I can make it with any crust. I can make it with any topping, any filling, everything like that. That's awesome. And so we we have some listener questions this week. The Moshi shop or the Mochi shop, I'm not sure. They just wanted to ask you, how did you expand so fast? I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. I, well, if, if I may answer, like at least my guess answer yeah. would be, you have an incredible work ethic and also like a little bit of luck, I imagine would probably be the answer to that, I guess. Yeah, I think the work was definitely something that had to be put in. I know I've noticed a lot talking to people opening like bakeries and restaurants lately that I've spoken to. They're just all tired. They're exhausted. And it is, it's very exhausting, but it's the work that has to be put in. When you first open, I was here, me and both of the chefs that opened with me were here, open to close probably 14 to 16 hours a day for the first three months, nonstop. Oh my gosh. Like there was no stopping and thank God they had the same work ethic as me because it really helped. Um, we helped encourage everybody or each other and get everything going. But when you care about something that much, you've got to put that work into it. That's kind of all it is. People have said luck before and I definitely think some of that plays a part in it, but I really think it's just hard work. Like it's nitty gritty. It's doing the dishes at midnight when you don't want to. It's coming in early and letting your staff sleep in so that they can get a leg up. You know, it's, I've put in so much sacrifice over the last six years, you know, haven't taken a vacation in like four or five years, just started taking days off this past month. My staff like literally boarded the place up and they're like, you're not allowed to come in today. <laughs> like, Take one day. Has social media helped you at all? Like, have you had any like viral posts or anything like that? So when I first started, I was doing a cheesecake and beer pairings with craft beer. That was also like a big part of how we started. I forgot to say that. And uh, we did it with wineries and local breweries. And um, the first one we did was at Ill-Mannered and we still do them with them. Obviously haven't done them in a while because of COVID, but at Ill-Mannered. And I remember sitting behind the bar serving and someone was like, what's your Instagram? And I was like, give me one second. And I like squatted down behind the bar and made the Instagram really quick. <laughs> I like didn't know much about social media. I just like learned really quick and was like, okay, I've got to make a post today. I've got to have content to post every day. I've got to do this and this. And our Instagram has definitely, like, I don't know if we would have the success we have without Instagram because it's the only way to communicate to everybody what's going on. Not everybody checks the website before they come in. Not everyone calls before they come in. So really Instagram is like our main outlet of communication to everybody. Um, and I still run that just cause that's what I like to do. I feel like I don't get to be involved in like the nitty gritty as much as I used to be. So it's really nice to be able to still be the one communicating with everybody on Instagram. That's incredible. And I agree. And so I have another listener question here for you. Uh, Veggie foodie 614 asks, Pie or cake, which is better? Now I'm guessing they didn't ask cheesecake because I'm assuming that's probably your number one, but yes. pie or cake, what would, what do you say is better? Pie. Pie? 100%. Yes, oh. I think cake Cake is hard to get. Cake is, gets really dry. The buttercream gets too thick. It's too sweet sometimes. So I definitely love pie more. Fair enough. Or and 
I know, I know we're vibing and having a good time, but I, I feel like I have to say, and my buddy, Max, Max Wingard on Instagram, he said, what was your vision before you opened and has it changed since? Oh yeah. <laughs> my vision before I opened was just to have this location here. Um, I was thinking I'd be here every day and that I, we would have like maybe like two other people working and that they would work in the back and the front, like cover both, you know, like stop what they're doing, stop what they're baking and come up to the front and help a customer. Um, that very quickly changed. Uh, we have to have two people at the front at all times and three to four people in the back at all times to keep up with demand. We have people in the kitchen from 5.30 in the morning until 11 o'clock at night, usually seven days a week. So definitely changed. Now having to look at a bigger picture, it's very exciting because it's kind of like sky's the limit. Yeah. Uh, once we get Dublin open, our plan was to start shipping out of Dublin, but it's become quite clear with wedding season and weddings in general opening back up that we will fill up capacity at Dublin very quickly. So my dream is to open a headquarters out in like Plain City or Blacklick, have a huge commercial kitchen with docks to load up trucks, um, have offices on the top floor and try to be able to produce to ship. That's my biggest thing. I have family all over the country and I'm they can never have cheesecake and they constantly blow me up and they're like all right seriously we're not gonna brag about you anymore unless you learn to ship that's like a a lofty yet totally attainable goal like that is so cool I'm really honored to be talking with you because like you're like a dessert mogul and you just you still seem humble and cool about it and you seem like you're truly excited about it and that gets me excited about it really exciting is and I love like I feel like all of my staff are like really committed and like they see the dream and Kind of what I tell them as they come on is like, find a hole and fill it. Find a job that I'm not doing right. Find something that we're not, that we, we can do better at and fill it and become permanent here and help us grow sky's the limit for you too. It's not just like a dead end job or like a capped job. Like, well, once I hit manager, there's nothing else. Like, no, there's a million things you can do. Right. So much room to grow. And so when you say you want to ship like with your, your warehouse and everything, does that mean like grocery stores and stuff or you just want to ship nationwide comfortably? Just ship nationwide. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's awesome. And I think that can definitely happen. I mentioned my unpopular food opinion. Do you have any unpopular food opinions yourself? Not unpopular as much as it is just picky. I I literally eat like a four-year-old. I eat Lunchables for lunch (laughs) a lot. I don't like any vegetables. That's my opinion. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. (laughs) I'm like meat and potatoes all the way. Like very simple and like very childish of me I'm very aware of that but um yeah I don't eat any vegetables have you tried veggies as an adult because sometimes when you're a little kid your parents can't cook veggies right and so you think you hate them but you really don't like have you tried them recently I have tried recently in the last year I've had asparagus and brussels sprouts and no thank you wow what if we throw some bacon in there I feel like that's kind of cheating like I feel like a bacon brussels sprout is delightful throw in some pecans I had bacon brussels sprouts and I was like no I just can't do it even if there's bacon grease poured all over and if there's bacon grease poured all over I'm probably probably better off eating something else anyways. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> do you have a, uh, do you have a top three favorite Columbus restaurants? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. That's hard. I know. <laughs> um, one of my favorites right now is El Hugar and German village and Alpine. They're like, they're owned by the same people. Um, and they're right next door to each other. And Alpine is like German and El Hugar is tapas. And Alpine has um, like raclette cheese over like sausage and, and vegetables that I pick over. Nice. And then El Hugar has a steak and wine flight that is just amazing. I love a steak and wine flight. Now the raclette, do they actually bring out the whole big wheel and they like get it hot? Yeah. And pour- okay, that's cool. It's so good. I love going there. 
I'm like on the spot. Okay. Sorry. What I want to tell people to make it a little easier is maybe try to think of like your favorite taco place or your favorite pizza place or like the best place to get a cheeseburger. I just like to give people. Okay. Cheeseburger is Preston. A hundred percent Preston. I have like tried to follow them around when they were just like popping up places and it was like at bars and different places. And now that they have a permanent location, I haven't even had time to go. They are in North Market and it is an amazing burger. And then I'm a big breakfast food person and I love Sunny Street Cafe. Nice. That's fun. I love breakfast too. I just had the Fox in the Snow sandwich. It's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've had that. The ciabatta, ridiculous. (laughs) Yes, their breakfast is phenomenal also, but I like like greasy diners. Like I went to school in Alabama, Waffle House was a delicacy. So I like hash browns with cheese, bacon, toast, that kind of stuff. So nice. Absolutely. Um, I love anything cheesy and greasy. I'm a big munchies guy. When you get the munchies, what do you go for? Like if you want to have something horrible for you, what is it? Popcorn. Popcorn. Okay. That's not as fun, but that's like just like a regular, just a microwave popcorn or do you church it up a bit? (laughs) My parents have a popcorn machine in their basement. So like, that's kind of how I got hooked. It was always readily available to me, but now I do microwave, but I have it for dinner probably twice a week. Really? Mm -hmm. Popcorn and wine. (laughs) I don't want to police your palate, but that is truly insane to me. (laughs) I told you I'm childish. I'm very childish. I love it. I love a good red, like a $20 bottle range. I don't ever go too fancy. And I also don't go too low because I don't, I don't know if it's like placebo effect, but if I drink like an $8 bottle, I get an upset stomach. (laughs) I am very classy. I drink box wine on the regular Pinot Grigio box on the regular. I am like total trash when it comes to wine and beer, but if you give me bourbon and it is not top shelf, I will stick up my nose. That's fair enough. What's your favorite bourbon? Eagle Rare. Eagle Rare. Nice. Yeah. I don't know fancy brands really. I, I love like um, Maker's Mark is probably my go-to. It's like a reasonable one. And yeah. uh, Woodford Reserve is pretty cool too. And then what's the one with like a circular bottle and has a, like a little horse on top? That one's good. Too. Yeah. That one is phenomenal, but it is hard to find. And when you find it, it's crazy expensive. So definitely yeah. if you ever see it on a shelf, grab it. Cause that's a rarity, but it's definitely good. It's like a whiskey hype beast. Um, yeah, it really is. Oh, speaking of hype beasts and, and people that are super popular, Brad of Lions Cubs Cookies wanted to ask you, when is the infamous collab happening again? As soon as we open in Dublin. I know he, he texted me the other day about it too. We both are kind of, we're kind of like at capacity, like him in his commercial kitchen and then me at Hilliard. So we both said like when his Grandview store gets open and when Dublin gets open, we're full sending it. Yeah, he texted me the other day. He's like, when's this happening? I'm like... <laughs> got a tentative date for our Dublin store very tentative if everything goes as planned to open August 10th if that happens I told him like very soon after we could do this collab but after seeing the turnout from last year's we just want to be fully prepared for it we had a line out the door and we sold out in like 24 minutes it was insane so we just like we need to set like caps on it limits on it have more be more prepared everything I don't want people leaving mad ever it's gonna happen very soon this is just so incredible like I'm truly in awe of like both of you because not only are you blowing up and succeeding and just like really crushing it but you did it all during a pandemic which really speaks to your product and just everything about your company I think that's so incredible definitely I'm I'm very proud of it that's so nuts like I, I just can't even imagine how good that must feel and just and you're, you're a job creator so it's like not only just like selfish reasons or like ego reasons like you're legit making people's lives better that's awesome yes, we need to hire 23 more people some for Dublin one for Bud a couple for Hilliard but yeah at that point then I'll have about 45 people on staff and that's just insane to me because I don't know how that happened so fast but I'm so happy that I'm able to offer that yeah that's super great so 
I asked you everything that I wanted to ask you, but if there's anything we didn't touch on or anything you want to bring up, uh, now's your time to do that. Um, I don't know. Fair enough. I know we didn't really talk about like a best or worst dining experience. I feel bad saying like a worst dining experience. Well, really... we wouldn't name names, of course, but like, you know, okay. sometimes you get a horrible server or like the food's so wrong or the food's cold or yeah. you know, like a bug or something. <laughs> I don't know if I like have had a terrible dining experience, honestly. Like I usually get like the wrong thing, but I'm so non-confrontational. I'll just be like, I'll just eat it. It's fine. Ooh, <laughs> I, just thought of, I just thought of one more question, I guess. Uh, confrontation sparked it in me. How do you deal with like a quote unquote Karen or like a rude customer? Like, do you have any horror stories in that regard? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, we definitely have people. Um, no one has been directly to me, but I've had some of my staff call me, a couple of them even crying. Um, like if we close early and someone comes by, we've had a guy like throw cash at somebody and be like, give it to me or like yell at somebody, complain about prices. I have given my staff full reign to say whatever they want. There's like no more of this. The customer is always right. I am here to make the customer happy at all costs. And I'm not trying to serve a bad product or have rude customer service by any means, but my staff are still people and they deserve to be respected. So I have told them if someone is making you feel uncomfortable, you do not have to serve them. Absolutely. You can tell them to walk away. You can tell them to buzz off. I like, I'll deal with the backlash later, but like, I, I think the restaurant industry as a whole has gone like off the rails with trying to make the customer happy. And in that, it makes a very unhappy and toxic work environment. And I was a server for a while. I definitely know how people can treat you. Mm. And I just want to give them their freedom to say, like, obviously they can't be rude. Right. But, like, if someone comes up and is rude to them, they can be like, you know what, that wasn't really nice. And, like, I we're not we're not here to serve you today. That's how it should be. And I was a server in Times Square for six years. And um, thankfully, we were so busy that the customer was definitely not right. Like, literally, like... You could be borderline rude. Like I could be like the sassiest server in the West, <laughs> um, but that's so funny. Yeah. And I'm a nice guy and whatever, but like, you know, sometimes if people would be super disrespectful, like one time this lady was waving at me and snapping at me. So I walked oh. by and gave her a high five and just kept walking. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. yeah well, people, people have definitely been rude. Gosh, I remember one time we had a line like out the door. It was like Father's Day or Mother's Day weekend and everyone was working really hard. And um, I got a, I just like glanced at my phone and I got a DM and someone was just like, how could you not tell everybody that you were out of this item? Like, that is like terrible. How did you not do it? And I like, my stomach just dropped. I'm like on this amazing day that we're doing great. And like, we have a line. I'm like, everyone's excited to be here. And like, I'm supposed to somehow find time to communicate to everybody, everything that's going on. Yeah. So I like walked out and stood on a picnic table. And I was like, just so everybody knows, oh we are out of slices. We still have minis, cookie sandwiches, cookie butter cups, blah, blah, blah. Just so everybody knows. I want to clearly communicate that to every customer in line. Everyone's scared, just gives you money. They're like, please, I'm scared. She's unhinged. No one said anything. Everyone just was like, okay. And like stayed in line. And that made me feel so good that they knew we were sold out of like the main thing people come here for. And they still were like, we're already here. Let's just get whatever you have left. And um, that person did end up apologizing to me though. They like DM me later. They're like, man, I was just hungry. And I was sad you were out. And I'm like, I totally understand. Like, it's all good. but. That's yeah, nice. I definitely like we haven't had any like really, really bad ones, but yeah, that's bad enough. And I'm I'm glad they actually apologize. That's really rare that you get like a troll angry person to yeah. 
admit fault and they were apologized like that's incredible so we've had a couple people actually during the lions club collab there was a guy who was so sad he was so sad that he didn't get it and there's one girl that like storm i never talked i don't know if she ever reached out again she stormed out and she's like someone cut me in line and i missed out i was like oh my god we have to have a line leader right like, i don't know how to organize this any better than how we did it so um this one guy was like man seriously he dm'd me later he's like that was me popping off in line my girlfriend told me that that was really rude i'm sorry he's like i just like i went i tried two days in a row to get this slice so i was like all right dude i'm gonna set one aside for you tomorrow morning like i don't want you to be mad at us like we're doing the best we can so yeah most of the time people come back and they're like we just really wanted it and so we make it happen for them so let that be a lesson that if you're mad about somebody something like just communicate it to the company don't leave right. bad review don't pop off like just be like transparent to the company because 100 times out of 10 if someone is like nice and just voicing their concern to me like privately directly to me I'm a, I'm going to fix the problem I'm going to make it better but yeah. if you're mean then go about it the right way you bozo yeah. <laughs> all right well we did the darn thing that I really greatly yeah. appreciate you doing it I'm excited to try your your different texture cheesecake for the picky cheesecake people. Yeah. And, Let uh, me know when you're going to come in. I'll set it aside for you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Absolutely. You too. Hey, that was the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really enjoy talking with Samantha this week. She's awesome. And I actually went and tried her cheesecake and it was delicious. Like I said in this podcast, I don't normally like cheesecake, but she crushed it. She nailed it. This week's episode was actually sponsored by three of my OnlyFans. I just wanted to give them a sincere thank you for following me on my OnlyFans, which is free, by the way. Upper Feast on OnlyFans. Subscribe for free. I make bonus content, a lot of eating content, and it is wholesome food content. It is not food porn. I wanted to give a sincere thank you to Just Steve Jones on OnlyFans. He's a DJ, musician, video editor, digital artist, and actor. And that's Just Steve Jones, J-U-S-T-S-T-E-V-E-J-O-N-E-S. At Joy Desired, she was one of my first OnlyFans ever. Shout out to her especially. Her bio says that she's a nerdy introvert, cannabis and cat lover with a taste for West Coast travel, healthy treats, and exploring in nature. And her name is Joy Desired, J-O-Y-D-E-S-I-R-E-D. And last but not least, shout out to Clo90, that's C-L-O-9-0. Her bio says that she makes 18 plus mature content, couples, videos, photos, solo, and nudes. So thank you so much to my OnlyFans. And if you ever want to sponsor an episode, please let me know. You can hit me up on Instagram or email or my website like you can figure it out it's 2021 you know how to contact me i would greatly appreciate it and i would love to give you a shout out